Good morning to most, good afternoon to others, and good evening to the viewing audience across the pond. I'm your host, Jason Miles, and welcome to another episode of This is Revolution Podcast. I'm sorry, much like people with their fitness goals of the year that stopped going to the gym three weeks in, here we are, like three weeks into January, and... I totally backslid on my New Year's resolution to start the show right on time. I would love to blame technical difficulties, but I can't. It was just chit-chat. I was just chit-chatting with the guests. That's what I do. Pre-show chit-chat truly helps the flow of these programs. Everything's different when you're meeting via Zoom. You can ask people to come early. Sometimes I do. Most of the times I forget. It's a me problem. Not a them problem. That's a me problem. But thank you guys for joining us. If you are new here, I'm usually on time. <laughs> it's very rare occurrence. It has nothing to do with my ethnicity at all. If you are a returning subscriber, patron of the show, thank you so much for coming back. All of us here at TIR would like to send a big thank you, thank you to subscribers on all platforms and patrons. Without you, we couldn't do this. For those that don't know, this is the Saturday free show. There is no bonus champagne room. It's our way of allowing you guys to get a glimpse of what goes on beyond the velvet rope. TIR VIP. We did go long on Thursday. And we went long on Tuesday. How long will we go today? I don't know because this is kind of a bit of a hot topic. And these people were very affected by it. So censorship and support of Palestine. Yesterday, the International Court of Justice ordered Israel to take all measures to stop its genocidal campaign against Gaza. The court did not issue an immediate ceasefire, but it is recognizing the violation of Gazan citizens' human rights. Here's a quote from the ICJ judge, Joan Donahue. The court considers that the plausible rights in question in this proceeding, namely the right of Palestinians in the Gaza Strip to be protected from acts of genocide and related prohibited acts identified in Article 3 of the Genocide Convention and the right of South Africa to seek Israel's compliance with the latter's obligation under the convention are of such a nature that the prejudice to them is capable of causing irreparable harm. The international laws-based framework of how the courts define genocide comes from the Holocaust of Jews in World War II, and recently people critical of Israel's occupation have faced censorship. Russian-American author Masha Gessen was to receive the Hannah Arendt Award. The award is defined as an award to honor people who contribute to public political thought in the tradition of Hannah Arendt, the German-born American political theorist who explored totalitarianism. Because of Gessen's essay in The New Yorker titled, In the Shadow of the Holocaust, How the Politics of Memory in Europe Obscures What We See in Israel and Gaza Today, the German city of Bremen also withdrew the venue where to, uh, the prize ceremony was scheduled to take place. How's that irony? 
That is just one of the several cases of censorship in the arts and on college campuses. And we must not forget that 27 states here in the U.S. have laws that prevent people and businesses from boycotting Israeli products. According to a 2019 article in Human Rights Watch, the laws or policies in 17 of those states explicitly target not only companies that refuse to do business in or with Israel, but also those that refuse to do business in Israeli settlements. Some states whose laws do not explicitly apply to settlements have also penalized companies that cut settlement ties. Our guests today are also having their voices voices silenced because of their support of the Palestinian right to exist. Please welcome Kimberly Haley Jackson, community activist, BHRC chair, and Stephen Fernandez, an engineering and engagement specialist at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Welcome. Now, Steve is having some visual issues that's fine we can hear them just fine steve kim thank you so much for joining us how are you guys this morning great thank you for having me jason excited to be here yeah i'm doing well thank you um now i'll start off with kim tell us what you do and what happened to you exactly um sure so i uh I do a few things, but for purposes of this is uh, this conversation, I'm the chair of the Belmont Human Rights Commission um, in Massachusetts. So small town of, I don't know, where are we, 27,000 people um, adjacent to Cambridge. So recently we've had some issues around, um, how can I put this, educating the community around what's going on in Gaza, specifically in support for the Palestinian people. Mm-hmm. Part of our mission is to educate, right? So that covers like a broad spectrum. There could be, you know, police brutality, the Ukraine, whatever, had not been an issue until fairly recently. So what what I had wanted to do was to have a panel, two separate panels, one focusing on the Palestinian people and then have a separate one um, talking about Israel. And the reason why we thought it would be a good idea to have it separate is because people are always like, this is a sensitive topic, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. The pushback was maybe, you know, you shouldn't do this. Maybe you shouldn't educate the people. Is that really in your mission? And that came from the town because generally, like if we're paying for a speaker, we do have some funds available, right? So it wouldn't, it was recommended that we maybe not do it. Um, in terms of offending uh, our Jewish population in town. Also, when we first, we delayed speaking on what happened on October 7th, because immediately, um, you know, the invasion of Gaza began. So we kind of waited on that. And when we did it, the pushback was, well, maybe we don't want people to have signs um, and don't specifically focus on Gaza um, in the compromise was that we kind of talked about the 127 conflicts that have been going on in the world. We had like a peace vigil, but I find it interesting that all of a sudden it comes into question around is our mission to educate? We've been doing that for years. Mm-hmm. And then also in terms of what it looks like to support uh, the Palestinian people within the town, because that was something that came up where 
people who are Palestinian reside in Belmont felt like they weren't supported, right? So mm. it's important for me as a community activist that all people feel supported by the town that they live in. And so specifically as you know, a black woman and, and seeing other black people and brown people not being supported in the town that we live in, um, kind of struck against the heart of what I'm trying to do here. Uh, is there a large Jewish population where you, uh, where you are? You uh, say it? No. Are. <laughs> Wink no, once or yes. So I wouldn't say <laughs> large. Um, I would say significant. Right. And, and I don't think reporting like uh, not both sides, but like from mm, giving people a chance to voice their concerns is not necessarily supporting one side or the other. And also, like, what's wrong with education? Right. If, like, if you, are you just continuing to live in ignorance because it's comfortable for you? If you want, I can just say really overly racist things and that way you'll look like a good person. In reference to, <laughs> is the Not Jewish really. population part of the one percent? Maybe. Uh, nope. Okay. <laughs> See? See, you're an ally already. You're an ally already. That's. If you, yeah. this, this is a new thing. If anything happens to you from now on, anyone watching the show, if something happens to you at your job, just come on the show. I'll, we'll I'll be offensive. Yeah. You can yell at me. Therefore, you. <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know, it, I think it's just like the overall, like, the silencing of this. It doesn't make sense to me, right? And mm -hmm. generally, and I, I'm sorry to kind of go on, mm -hmm. um, typically when something happens of note, right, that we feel like is connected to human rights, we will issue a statement, right? Mm -hmm. So we did one about George Floyd. We did one about racism as a, like a health issue. We did one on Ukraine. We wrote one on the insurrection, right? Never had a problem, didn't have an issue. All of that is posted like on our town website, right? There was particular public interest around what we were going to write as it relates to Gaza. So, okay. <laughs> we kind of- So you, you can talk, so there was really no, you talk about George, which was a super hot button issue, cities all over <laughs> the country. We're yep. on fire, literally on fire over over that mm -hmm. uh, situation. And then, you know, we, we don't have to get into the, all the specifics on the yep. other circumstances that led to that, but no problem with that. Not at all. Not at all. And because I've been on supremacy 15 times. No white people had any problem with that. Nope. Well, I won't say that. So the only time we really had an issue and the pushback was not from the town. This was from our more conservative citizens around calling January 6th an insurrection, which I don't know how you look at that and what, what else is it, right? So there was some kind of you know pushback from the public and you know our meetings are public, people are allowed to join, not an issue. The town didn't have an issue with us putting out that statement, but this one was a problem. Um, and we knew what it was from the beginning, right? So there was some kind of, <laughs> people within the community don't understand that as a part of a government entity and also a commission, right? Mm -hmm. It just can't be my voice, right? So there's mm -hmm. a consistency that has to happen. Mm -hmm. So what we did in order to kind of appease this was talk about 
this strictly from the human rights violation. I don't know how you're not talking about restrictions on movement, the death tolls, destructions of hospitals and important infrastructure, mm-hmm. um, cutting off food, water, health care. I don't care where you stand on on this issue. Like those are indisputable facts. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's how we looked at the statement. We sent it off. And now it's like, well, why are you even talking about this? This doesn't affect Belmont. Are you kidding? Like you're telling me that there aren't Palestinians here, that there aren't Jews here, that our tax dollars aren't going to fund that. Like, what are you talking about? Right. So, again, after, you know, being in the business of doing this work for like 20 plus years in town, like. All of a sudden, this statement becomes an issue. Interesting. Something doesn't smell right to me. Is there anything you can say to like make them look somewhere else? Like, uh, oh shit, a cop just beat up a brown person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you can't, you can't do that. And then they go, "Ooh, I thought I was gonna have to get mad about some Israel yeah, yeah. for a second here." I'm <laughs> just gonna go pull out my BLM sign. Give me a second. Yeah, Ooh, catch my breath. Uh, there. Yeah. I mean, I could. Yes, probably. Uh, Yeah, it's funny because it's like it's okay if, you know, we're talking about the good downtrodden brown and black folk. Right. Mm -mm. You know, Lord, help us all. But uh, when you You should sing it, you know, I I figured it out. (laughs) What? And Stephen, this goes for you, too. Doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. This happens again. Just sing a Negro spiritual. Well, so uh, if if I could chime in, see, see, Kim lives in in the eastern part of the state. Mm-hmm. Where things are a little bit different, and and first of all, I have to say, like, here I'm on on here speaking for myself. I don't represent the University of Massachusetts Amherst. I only represent myself because I really don't know what I'm allowed to say. You know what, what could and, and and I'm not even sure. Like on my free time, um, because I've had students who've made uh, students of color, mm-hmm. and I I can't go into specific who've criticized, um. The racism uh, that they felt at the university, who've then been disciplined on the private Twitter. They, they, they've pro- on the private Twitter. They've talked about that and they've been disciplined. So I don't know what I can do, wow. like even on my own time. But, but Kim, like where, where I, I used to live in Greenfield, and um, we have a human rights con- commission, and they complained about the chief of police who was convicted of of, of racism, and uh, other police who had like Confederate flags on the lawn and said that they didn't want to give the police a raise and they fired that person. <laughs> they fired that human rights commission and put and replaced them. We had um, a bus where the bus driver was upset with a kid who was there with his father, a black kid and his dad and asked them to leave and then tried to run them over with a bus into the side of a bank. On that bank, they put up a sign that said, hey, it has no home here. Then the bank decided to take it down because they thought it was inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, so that's that. So I'm giving like you. It's a different part of the state over there. So it, like, uh, they, they, you know, the thing about Western Mass is people say, oh, oh yeah, it's so progressive here. It's like Pleasant Valley. It's like yeah, it's fine for some folk, but like um, I I, I never felt like I'm Puerto Rican and I, I'm mixed. Like I I had a Jewish grandmother who married a, a guy from St. Kitts. Um, and then it was my grandfather was from Havana and my grandmother was in Cabo Rojo, Puerto Rico. 
Um, I grew up with a Puerto Rican family, but I'm, I'm mixed. And I grew up in New York City at a time of like the young lords, you know, people in the streets and, and, and stuff like that. Um, I never felt so Puerto Rican as coming here because like we're such a freaking minority. <laughs> um, I had like a group of people over my house. It was like um, Haitian and, and black folks. It's like we probably have like half the, the black population in Amherst over here <laughs> last night. Um, so it's um, it's tough. So I don't know. Like, and, and for me, with with the issue of of Gaza and Palestine, here, here's what happened with me. And I, I'll stop ranting after I tell my little story. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the first thing that happened was I have a student who's Jewish Puerto Rican. She identified with me because of my my mixed heritage. She told me after October seventh, like the day it happened or the day after, her roommate said, "You all brought this on yourselves because you killed Jesus." And then started showing these Nazi flicks. I was like, okay, that's that's some messed up shit. And I I I helped her get out of her room. And when it went down, I had to walk with her to the Brez Life or whatever the hell it is. And like, okay, cool, one more. She's got to pay under this. Like, uh, excuse me, you're not paying her. You're not making her pay. And I I let them have it. And you know, eventually the, our college decided to pay, College of Engineering, not the university, right? But I didn't get shit for that. But when I um, was working with the Palestinian students and, and actually Jewish students who are protesting what's happening in Gaza, all type of shit. Like to the point when like I have these hearings and, and the hearings I have, it's like, um, it's like, Kim, you have a hearing. Um, I'm not gonna tell you who's telling you, who's calling you to the hearing. I'm not gonna tell you what it's in regards to. I'm not gonna tell you the nature of the hearing. But um, if you're found guilty, um, a, a couple guys will take you out and handle you. I mean, that, that was the nature of my hearing. It's like, I, I asked, like, w- w- what am I being called in for to say? And they told me, we can't tell you. Um, so this is like, I don't know, I've, I've ranted and raged a little bit, <laughs> but it's tough. And it's at the point when it really is like, not only are they criminalizing dissent because they arrested 57 people, like two faculty, two, two staff, two workers and 55 kids. For 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 sitting, and so like and then they they are on our cases for speaking. So it's like it's 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 gone past the point of criminalizing like actions. It's like we don't even know what we can say that's not going to get us in trouble and like you know harassed or like you know punished. I, that was actually what I was going to ask you. Is I saw that that was a 50, 57 people. So you said fifty five students and two teachers, and it was just they just wanted to speak to the chancellor about divesting from Raytheon, was it? So there was three demands. They and and I absolutely agreed with all the demands. It was a demand that they um that uh, the chancellor released a statement saying yeah, he denounces Hamas terrorism and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they want to say like. We also want you to denounce the um, atrocities carried out by the Israeli government. We want you to break ties with the Israeli government and military um, people involved with the war. And we want you to um, look at alternative pathways mm-hmm. that are not with Raytheon or, or the military. Um, so those were the demands. And it, was, it, was, it wasn't teachers, it was workers. One oh, of the wow. workers, yeah, one one of the workers who was in the lab, um, told me how she like was very upset by this, particularly seeing all the Gazans 
from the north having to go to the south because it reminded her of her family, which was moved on the Trail of Tears because she's Native American. And like, and she felt like, how could she sit back when the same thing that was happened to her people was going on? And, and how could she do nothing? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they arrested her and like, and they doctor pains and stuff like wow. that. Wow. Yeah. And then and then and then she did a dying and they called her again for another freaking hearing for doing a dying. Um and then the, the other worker was um a, a person who um was raised as a Zionist and then mm-hmm. like just like recognized like this is all bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. This is all like freaking dehumanization and like crimes against humanity. Um so it's two workers. Um and like to me, they're they're inspiring because if we get enough of the workers, like what what the administration does with the students, the guy that uh, these what, what a pain in the ass these kids are. Good thing that they're gonna be gone in a few years. But the workers, if if enough of us get together, the, the university can't function. Hmm. It, it what's interesting to me is there's always a, a kind of look back at the '60s, and we recently had Vincent Bevins on the show who wrote a really good book, If We Burn about protest movements in the 2010s <clears throat> throughout the world and how they changed things politically in some places and how ultimately a, a lot of them got co-opted by right-wing movements. And when we think about protests, especially in the 60s, and Steve, you say you you come from that era of like the Young Lords and, and the Panthers and, and all this stuff going on in New York in the, in the 70s, the beginnings of hip hop. <laughs> we're there. Yeah. Um, let's bust out some cardboard for Steve. See if you can do yeah. some old school break dancing. Um, my sore back, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't break it. Don't break it. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> the university was a place where most of these actions were occurring, and you know, also where deaths happened. It wasn't just Kent State where students got killed. <laughs> Um, they also got killed in the South. I can't remember what school that was. Was it Mississippi State? It was, I can't remember the name of the school. But, you know, student protests are kind of part of college life. And I would think at a school like the University of Amherst, Massachusetts Amherst, that would be a pretty common occurrence. Yeah. Well, so, um, you know, I was I was with some people the other day. In the campus center, it's like okay, let's take a walk over here to like the, the central part and and take a look at this mural. It's a mural of demonstrations and people carrying signs saying like no war. So, so they they rest on those laurels of yeah yeah we're so free and no. But what they say is no that we didn't we didn't we're not stopping. We like protesting, but these kids were they were engaging criminal activities. They were criminally trespassing. So like they criminalized dissent. And mm. and what I, my, my my pushback is like. Um, they weren't criminally trespassing until you call the police on them. Like <laughs> you, you're the one who made it, made this a criminal violation. Like you could have like talked to them. Um, the um, yeah, I mean, what, what frustrates me is they were gonna have a MLK celebration with the chancellor talking about this stuff. It's like, well, like, and and I sent I sent a, a message into him like, you know, like it would be good to like reflect on what um, Dr. King said about like civil disobedience and like. <laughs> Uh, unjust laws and like and why the, the triple the triple evils racism poverty and war militarism um but um 
that's not generally what they <laughs> what they talk about in these things. Like they 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 whitewash all this stuff. I mean, it's they they whitewash their history of um, protest. They they whitewash like freedom of speech, like um, and and they whitewash like our struggles, and like it's frustrating as hell. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I want to echo yeah. that for for a minute, Steve, yeah. like you're spot on with that. Right. In terms of, you know, talking about what makes good white liberals comfortable about MLK. And it's always like the I have a dream. Nobody likes the activist king. Right. So where we talk about fair wages, we talk about peace um, getting out of Vietnam and, and kind of same thing here. Right. We are. They are silencing the voices that are directed effective effectively by this so you know it's it's difficult to try to get people to that point where they can understand how important it is not to be comfortable it's an uncomfortable situation and that's just what it is and you figure out a way to work through it you don't silence people that's not the way that works you know i walk mm -hmm. through Harvard as part of my commute, um, Cambridge is adjacent to the town that I live in. You could not throw a rock without hitting a protest, right? Mm -hmm. Always, never a problem. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden when students are standing up for Palestinians, or even if there's a whiff of what people consider to be a criticism of Israel, all of a sudden, like everybody turns into Uncle Leo. Right. I'm a Seinfeld mm -hmm. fan. Right. Mm -hmm. To Uncle Leo, everybody's an anti-Semite. That's not mm -hmm. the that's not the the truth. Right. It's it's what you're if what you're doing is wrong. If what you're doing is a violation of human rights, people should be allowed to say so. Without being labeled. And, and that's what's going on. Like, I'm not even seeing that many protests going on in Harvard against against Israel right now. But does it feel like. You know, to, to Masha Gessen's point in her New Yorker piece, kind of the politics of remembrance. And a lot of times when we talk about where we are today, we don't really center it. In academia, you definitely hear it all the time, post-World War II. But the post-World War II international-based rules order has a lot to do with making the ultimate crime genocide. And genocide has to look like the Holocaust. And for years, right, decades, Israel's able to kind of use that as cover. What is it about this moment now? Because this isn't the first time they've bombed the bejesus out of Gaza. What is it about now, do you guys think, where young people are very active? There's also so many people within the Jewish community um, that are very active in this protest against what's happening. What do you see in 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 Belmont, Kim, where you're at? I um, you know, that's a really good question. I I don't know. I would say, hey, shout out MK nine forty six social media. Like, yeah, I think that. <laughs> I have a 16 year old, right? Mm -hmm. Does not care about politics at all. Um, in fact, wants me to shut up most of the time, <laughs> uh, um, especially publicly. Um, 
but has very strong feelings about um, what's going on in Gaza. Um, yeah, I think social media plays a, a large part in it, but also it just, for, I'll speak for like young people, right? So teenagers have a very strong sense of what they believe justice is. And basically what this looks like is the big kid picking on the little kid. Mm. It's, you know, it's a very uneven, um, it's an uneven battle, right? And then I think for those of us who are older, kind of like a call back to having that immediate trigger reaction to 9-11, whether you were right or you were wrong, you're just automatically going to go bomb the shit out of somebody and consequences be damned, right? This is what it is. I'm defending myself. Yeah, you have a right to defend your country, but you don't have a right to cross the line. And I think that that is sort of coming into the forefront for people mm -hmm. um, who are willing to see that truth. That's just my opinion. Um, and I guess I'll echo Steve, like as a private citizen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I'm going to tease the shit out of you guys about your PMCS. <laughs> you guys are too. I just think Steve just came on. I just want to first say that anything I said, <laughs> you might as well yeah. have the disclaimer voice. Anything yeah, yeah. Amber says is not on behalf of the University of Amherst. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, the problem with doing this stuff though is like people, yeah, they they want you to just come out reason. of your face and like yeah. I'm a person just like everybody. I'm a private person. I have yeah. my personal opinions and the way that I run my life outside of what my public persona is, right? There's <laughs> a reason why I live in Mexico and do this for a living. Yeah. I am retarded, and I say shit like that all the time and I don't have a filter yeah. so you know I don't say that with any sort of like I'm cool it's just it is very hard to <laughs> hold these things in so I'm I'm giving you guys a little bit of a hard time but there's also a lot of respect as I say that as well because it is hard um, because you have bills and children and you know losing yeah. a job it's right, that's, like, that's, what's, that's why this stuff is so so interesting right now, because it does feel like it's policing young people to learn how to be afraid. Um, it, yeah, I mean, so like, yeah, I mean, what, what I see with the kids is like they, they're told, like, you know, this is going to affect you. You're not going to be able, like, especially in my college engineering, like, you're never going to get it. You're not going to get a security clearance. You can't get a good job mm -hmm. like in, in the defense industry, like which you know, is a euphemism for war, you know, the war industry. Um, war profiteers. You're not going to get a job with big business firm. You're going to, you know, your career is going to be over. Like, so they, they, they scared the shit out of them. I mean, and look what the colleges did where like, <laughs> they like rejected kids, like um, kick kids out and stuff. Um, so like they, they put the, you know, they, they instilled them with, with fear. Um, I mean, the, the thing that, that, that I, like, I, I, I agree, Kim, it is like so, social media a lot. Um, that, that's, it's, it's a difference from when I was, organizing is because like when I was organizing it's like we had radio bemba like word of mouth and that you know you know you talk to one person you talk to another um so it was it, things went a lot slower but like the, I go to a lot of the meetings and like how should I say this in my college which is engineering I find like 
they, they arrested 57 people and I go back to my college and it's as, as if like, oh, did you see um, so-and-so's lecture? That It's like as if, as if nothing happened. So for a large percent of the young people, there's still like not of an aware, not as much awareness as, was, as I would like there to be. But for some of those who are active, like the degree of activism is a degree and nature that I have not seen before. The difference I'm seeing now is it's it's like I, I don't know like how well I could convey this <laughs> to, to you all and not in the air I'm with my screen being blacked out. But like they are embracing this notion of relational organizing and love and and like long term commitment um, mm-hmm. that I haven't seen before. Like a lot of times when I'm in me, it's like, OK, so what's the first thing on the agenda? But they start off they're like, hey, like. Get together with people you don't know and like talk about something awesome. Talk about something that make you feel vulnerable. And 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 then they 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 like okay, here's our here's our values. Let's reflect on our values. Like I bring something special to the group. Like so they they talk about connecting with each other, seeing each other. Mm-hmm. And if if someone doesn't go to the meeting, it's like, hey, you know, you weren't at a meeting, just just, just checking in, see how you're doing. So they they're putting this this value on connecting, on seeing each other as human beings. And I think that's like projected into the work they do is like, they actually do see the Palestinians as human beings and they don't they don't dehumanize Jewish people. It's like, they're all human beings. When they say from the river to the sea, it's not like, yeah, we wanna have Palestinians and like, Barcarajo the Jews, like fuck the Jews. It's <laughs> not, it's like, they want it to be like no apartheid. Like like right. like what Nelson Mandela, like uh, objecting to, oppression of black folk by white but not wanting it to be reversed like freedom for everybody um and and i think that's like it's it's a degree of organizing and consciousness that like it's it's inspiring are you inspired by what you're seeing with the young people at your school i'm inspired by what i'm seeing yeah because it's there is their commitment and like i had a student who um was going to travel abroad was like a dean's dean's list, a straight A student, mm-hmm. and um, then the day, the last freaking day of classes, the last freaking day at 4 p.m., got knows. Oh yeah, by the way, um, because you um, got disciplined, you can't travel abroad, and I'm going to London, so I'm not going to be back until your trip is going to be started. So um, you know, good luck with that, basically. And then I spent like a lot of that, you know, from from that time until. Mm-hmm like New Year's trying to like work out stuff like and they're like well you you withdrawn too late so you're gonna have to pay and it's gonna be like thousands and thousands of dollars and I talked to the student and the student said ah, you know like I'm, I just looked at social media I saw the pictures people going abroad and I thought that could be me and if I knew if I only knew what would happen everything that would happen with all the the fines and the courts and like and not being able to do the trip I do everything the same over again. Hmm. And that's like, you know, that, that moves me. As it should. As it should. Kim, do you see hope in the youth with what's going on right now? I do. I do. Hmm. Um, the fact that these kids actually care um, about something outside of themselves is very encouraging. Uh, The hope is that uh, they kind of take that outside of um, high school and college, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes that doesn't, you know, a lot of times that doesn't happen. We see a lot of activism when they're younger and then they grow up, right? And uh, 
learn about capitalism in a real way. The fallacy of the radical youth. Like we, yeah. have, to, we have to admit. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, yes, I have faith in the in the youth, but if I'm being honest, also, you know, I'm not picking on Harvard, I promise. It's just the university <laughs> closest to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of activism on Harvard's campus, but there are also a lot of these students that are just walking past or spitting on homeless people that are laying around Harvard's Ooh. campus. Ooh. <laughs> so, I mean, you're also talking about the people that are going to go work for McKinsey, you know, exactly, right. So, yeah, but yeah, I see, I see hope for the young people. Right. But isn't that the way of every generation? Right. We see hope for young people. I don't know. People still don't think very kindly of my generation or I guess ours. I think we're both. Generation. I mean, Jason, look at us. I mean, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> There hasn't been a Gen X president yet. Listen, so. I'm going to be 50 on Tuesday. I still dress like a child, right? Um, so it's like yeah. a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I don't know. I feel, you know, I feel somewhat... I, I do. I'm encouraged, uh, mm-hmm. definitely. They're much more active than we were, right, in our youth in some respects. Uh, you know... I always bring up 2003 to people, right? That's the biggest mass protest we've ever had for an anti-war movement, and then nothing happened. Um, yeah, I remember that one. You know, right? Every, we we yeah, always. Yeah, yeah I, you, I was I, I was there. Yeah, yep, hey, I know. That that is the hashtag never <laughs> forget yeah. that I always yeah. you know point to whenever these yeah. things happen. But you know, kind of throughout the world, right? We've seen. Um, some some movements get massive and then kind of sort of get co-opted and then they get sucked into parties. Now, here we are. And I, right now, I think this is mildly coincidental. Here we are in the year of our Lord, 2024. It will be a very big election year. And as one of our uh, chatters, commenters, Kushluk said, he goes, I feel like the Israel or the Dems are trying to use this. They're going to find some BLM moment. And what I gather for him to say BLM moment is kind of what the Democratic Party was able to do with defund the police. They never openly said, yes, we're going to defund the police. And this is part of our platform. Pretty much most democratically run cities were against it. But there was an acceptance of BLM that kind of gave this weird veneer that they were going to. Um, defund or reallocate or reimagine, re-envision, whatever re-word you want to throw in there, the way we view law enforcement. Um, and we don't have to get into, you know, to, to, to fund the police totally. But it does feel like culturally Palestine has won some sort of battle mm-hmm. where kind of across the board, it looks like the majority of, of people are on the side of Gaza. And I do think it has a lot to do with the images that we see in social media. Uh, Elon Musk takes over Twitter and just takes all the regulations off. So we can see images, horrible images, you know, all day long, full stop, no warning, um, no age restriction parameters. And 
this seems to be the way that we kind of gather our news now and and see things as authentic and real. So as we're seeing these real images of of people pulling, you know, I hate to say this on air, you know, babies out of rubble, mm-hmm. um, horrible, horrible images. You know, us here in the states, we get mad because we know that our government plays a role in this with arming uh, Israel, right? Western democracy in the Middle East. Um, But what happens when you win rhetorical battles? We say on this show all the time, black power succeeded culturally where it failed politically. What do you guys think is going to be we don't know right how is this energy going to get funneled into 2024 it doesn't you don't think so no okay Go and for i'm it. a you know mm-hmm. i'm a cynic <laughs> 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 um it doesn't the, like cultural wars to me mm-hmm. if you win doesn't mean shit like you said unless something happens politically right so you brought up the Dems and uh <laughs> Perfect example is we're gearing up for this election, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I posed a question to our Democratic Town Committee. Um, I sit on it. Um, and I said, look, if you're doing phone banks, postcards, or whatever, mm-hmm. how in the hell are you going to, what's the line on Gaza? What are you going to say? They were like, we don't know yet. What, what do you mean you don't know yet? Right? Mm-hmm. Look at it through a human rights lens. This is what's happening. This is wrong. That's your lens. Period. That's it. I don't mm-hmm. care how you feel about either state, right? But um, <laughs> this past week, so Tuesday night, there was a our Congresswoman Kathleen Clark was at the Unitarian Church. Very important that it was at the Unitarian Church, right? Because, I mean, I'm not a religious woman by any means. I'm a lapse Lutheran. Um, but uh, <laughs> they, uh, you know, they're pretty liberal in terms of their thought process and, and how they move in the church. But what happened there it was very, as these political things go, regimented, right? So you had to put your questions on note cards, all that stuff, right? So it could be vetted by Kathleen's staff. Awesome. What ends up happening, right? Because I'm like, this should be a public discourse, right? So mm-hmm. for me, if I'm holding some kind of a panel, I don't, there's nothing off the table, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not a congresswoman, right? I just volunteer all of my time <laughs> doing this shit. But uh, <laughs> four people stood up and were protesting what's going on in Gaza. Because this was a congresswoman there, Capitol Police were part of her security detail, and they escorted them out. It was like, this isn't the place for that. What do you mean this isn't the place for that? Our congresswoman is here. Our tax dollars are funding this. What do you mean this isn't the place? And they they got put out. Whoa. On Tuesday, right? Um, mm-hmm. I should have been there, but I was like at a you know at another meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is happening in our own town, like four residents um, who feel very strongly about it got put out and yelled at by the moderator, like, this isn't about you. 
Well, clearly it's not about me personally, but this is what's going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so the censorship is not only, you know, trickling down to, you know, the work that I feel like I'm trying to do, but people who are just standing up and speaking their voices, was it disruptive? Yes, because that will also be the conversation. But people have a right to public discourse and stand up as Americans and say, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. But you're put out by the Capitol Police. <laughs> um, so it's laughable, right? When we bring out what does it mean to win, win the cultural war? Nothing when your politicians are okay with you being walked out of a church for speaking your mind. Does it mean shit? <sighs> I mean, London Breed, the mayor of San Francisco, the Democratic mayor of San Francisco, has not signed on to, I think, like a peace letter, which I don't know what that means at the city level. Um, but she hasn't even signed on to it. Like, no, no I've, I have larger political aspirations. I can't do this. It doesn't mean <laughs> anything. And that was also the criticism, like, you're the human rights mission. You should say something. OK, and if I if we say something, then what happens? Gaza is still being bombed into non-existence just because, mm -hmm. you know, some town in Massachusetts said this is how we feel as a group. How is that going to change anything? At that point, is that that's kind of back to, I guess. My. My original thought, and it's just a thought, right, I'm still working this out myself, but but my original thought is what happens when you win the battle of feelings? Right. Like, oh, we're in solidarity. We feel I said this. OK. Now, what? Nobody care how you feel about black and brown people. <laughs> like what? But what? Yeah. What What happens when that becomes kind of the the main the main discourse of the day? And there's not, you know, this ICJ verdict, we'll we'll see if it has if it bears real fruit in in actually getting uh, real deal stoppage. But again, the show will air. <laughs> next Saturday, but our guest, who is an international lawyer, said, oh, these trials will take a long time. But what South Africa was trying to do was strategically ease the boot first and foremost with that with that uh, trial. Just e first ease the boot, then we can go to court and try to do something. But first things first, let's get some pressure off these people. Yeah, I I don't know what's gonna happen, Jason, but the um like it with respect to the election, I, like so many people I know are turned off to genocide Joe, basically. <laughs> uh, um like I, I could see Trump winning. And like and at this point, like I'm not so sure it's a bad thing if it were to get people off their asses and, and enough critical mass to like, you know, bring about change. Um, because I don't know what it is. Like I, I'm, I'm very frustrated that like, freaking Biden. Like when you talk about defund the police, he's like refund the police, and he did. And it's like, god damn it. And like it, all that complaint about like, well, like the border, we're gonna do something, and they, and it's still like rounding up people and still separating families. And it's like, okay, what the hell? Like what? Why? Like so basically, it's Trump policies with a, a nicer, you know. A nicer face, I guess. I don't know. It's less racism. I mean, less vocal racism, right? Yeah, yeah. Less vocal racism. Look, I, I live by a border town. I live in yeah. Mexico. Um, I was actually thinking about going to Tijuana today to do some shopping. 
Um, I love TJ, but when I have friends visit me that are coming from Southern California, um, outside of you know, my good friend Ben Burgess, who actually used to live in this building, um, I tell them just meet me at the border and walk across because it's just quicker. The border traffic is a mess. But you have to see all the refugees that can't get through. Remain in Mexico is still a policy. Yeah. Child separation isn't what it was. But, you know, um, I, I agree that just because a Democrat is in office doesn't mean everything is just all better, you know, especially when we think about the border and especially when we think about sanctuary cities. You know, to your point about, um, I don't want to say accelerationist, but if Trump is in office, does that get a fire under people? It really did get a fire under people for four years, if you think about what we saw during that time. But how much of it was just words and how much of it was actual action? There's only, I think, two places that are like true sanctuary cities where the municipalities will not work with um, the federal government in terms of like ICE and handing people over. One of them, which surprised me, was Illinois. Mm-hmm. They got rid of their gang databases. And that was they they were doing that when they had a right wing state government. Because they said, look, we have mixed families here where there's undocumented and documented people. If you have gang databases for one person and there might be an undocumented family member in the house, that means that somebody's got to get deported for really no good reason. So we're going to get rid of all the data mining that you've been doing on these people. And this is truly a safe space. But has that backfired since Trump is gone? What there's a reason why those people got dropped off in Chicago and not San Francisco. 30,000 human beings got dropped off in Chicago with a brand new mayor that doesn't seem to know how to handle it. And the backlash isn't coming from the traditional MAGA white working class or white petty bourgeois, whatever we want to see. We want to see Archie Bunker with the MAGA hat. Makes us feel better about ourselves. Mm -hmm. But the backlash in Chicago, Chocolate City, is coming from black people. Mm -hmm. The Illinois president of the NAACP said, these people are like savages, quote, unquote. And they're living in tent cities. Mm -hmm. I agree with you brother Stephen, that we may see a return because we only think in binaries, right? If Trump is bad, Biden will be better. Biden's bad. Fuck it. How bad was it under Trump? It was pretty bad. Is it bad? It's pretty bad under Biden. Again, I, I left the country under Biden. <laughs> 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 Your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I, I think we have a failed like system. I, I just don't think like the, our governmental system model is is 
a way that that works for the best of of, of humanity for the best of our people and I, i'm not sure what a better structure would be but um you know smaller communities like more more um small smaller groupings of of i, I don't know circles of people um but like I, I don't i don't see, we don't have a democracy here i mean no. it's, it's 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 obviously not a democracy and like in our, in our politics and like in, in our workplaces i mean like i can't speak without like being afraid of losing my job and i and i live in a public i work in a public institution imagine if someone who works in a private company is like yeah there's absolutely no rule of of speech i went to to mit like back in the time when it was like apartheid um mm. and i i was demonstrating against apartheid and i was arrested and I was like, oh, this is okay. I have freedom of speech. And they're like, what the hell are you thinking, dumbass? You don't got freedom of speech. It's like, yes, yeah, in the Constitution. They're like, no, you're in a private university. There's no freedom of speech here, stupid. And like, it, it shocked me. Like, okay, so we don't have freedom of speech. I was protesting about the um, Vieques, Puerto Rico, on the on Boston Common, and I was arrested because it was a public-private partnership. And under the, the laws of whatever bullshit thing that they have, I think it was um, the um, Irish that sued the city to have like, you know, the private groups could have like a say over who's got access to public venues. But they arrested me for um, having a, a sign that said U.S. You know, Marines out, out of Vieques. Um, and, and so like we don't have we don't have freedom of speech here. So, yeah, I, I, Jason, I, I don't I don't really know. But like, um, yeah. I, yeah, sorry. You stumped me on that no, one. No, no, look, I'm not. Look, look, look. Kim, Kim and Steve, I want you guys to understand. I want you guys to understand. If you were sitting here, it is a beautiful Saturday morning here in Rosarito, and we were on the terrace uh, having coffee and tea, and I just baked this breakfast cakey thing that's very good. And we're eating it and talking. This would just be a conversation. I don't have the answers. I am throwing out thoughts on the situation because you guys' situation perplexed me since I scheduled this show about a week ago. Scheduled this show at, fucking with Kim, as a matter of fact. <laughs> He probably was. Uh, <laughs> he probably was. Yeah, I, I, I had, yeah, I, I had updated a profile pic, and uh, it was just like a black woman with her hand being silenced by mm -hmm. like a white hand. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. He made a jo offhand joke, as Jason does, and uh, mm -hmm. I kind of separately messaged him and said, like, this is why I put it up, right? Mm -hmm. and, and here we are. But, you know, kind of like talking about, like, what's the – Solution? I don't know. I mean, it's a, a falsehood of free speech in America. If you're pissing off some mediocre white man, like, mm -hmm. you know, you find out you really don't have freedom of speech. Yeah. Or if you uh, <laughs> uh, if you criticize America, right, mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, there's mm -hmm. no freedom of speech there. But to me, like, that's the highest level of civil engagement. We're like in, mm -hmm. a, in a, a bad relationship. Right. Like no. I'm continuously working with you because I want you to do better. But right. And but you still, you know, you're still my cheating boyfriend or husband. Mm -hmm. Right. But I keep coming back because, you know, I, I think that you can do better. And 
you know, in terms of this conversation about mm. Israel and Palestine, <laughs> uh, and no secret, you cannot, uh, no, you don't have freedom of speech if you piss off a mediocre black woman. <laughs> at least not not in my she is. if she's your manager yeah, yeah you if she's like right. jill from fucking starbucks yeah fuck her but if yeah. she, she's you know <laughs> laura the district manager you know right you um, but yeah like you know america needs to get out of this dysfunctional relationship that it has where israel can do no wrong that's not a good relationship and in turn you know, you have these MAGA hat wears or even like, you know, good liberals like I love America, mm-hmm. you know, therefore I'm going to stand with whatever American politics, whatever, whatever America is doing, I'm going to follow it. But, that, but you're wrong. You're wrong. And, you know, in, in some ways, if you tell them like, hey, if somebody came into your land and decided to take it, how, what would you do? But they don't want to hear that. It doesn't apply. It, w- It's also interesting that like here we are and organizing tools are private companies, right? Twitter, Mm -hmm. Facebook, social media, the Internet, which, you know, whatever the Internet was supposed to be, it sure as fuck ain't that in 2024. We are a slave Mm -hmm. to to these private institutions. So hearing Steve say that he's got students meeting in person, I'm like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. If you're really Mm -hmm. serious about this shit, you can't just meet in a zoom call um i don't have the the facebook page i responded to you on kim is not mine there's a reason why there's tons of pictures of some asian woman that is not me it's not because i have an odd fascination with that woman we were in a relationship for years but uh it was a page that we shared for a band that we were in and i got banned from facebook they took me down and erased everything all the pictures i had uploaded videos of my kids phones i don't have anymore right all gone because i wrote one thing that i was actually (laughs) revisiting um as i don't know if you guys saw in the news uh speaking of censorship it's kind of got the ultimate censorship Uh, a man was put to death um in alabama with this new nitrogen with nitrogen it's a new method he's the first person to have it done his case is somewhat controversial um because he actually won and then lost an appeal in Mm the 90s and was not supposed to be sentenced to death and the judge overruled the jury Mm -hmm. and sentenced him to death and all his other people that he was involved with one guy died in prison another guy died by being put to death um it was a brutal murder he was a part of he claims he did he he wasn't claimed now he's gone he expired uh, the other day, a couple of days ago. Um, and I wrote about the tail end of Trump's presidency uh, to kind of show how tough he was on crime. He just went ahead and cleared out the federal death row. Mm-hmm. people. There wasn't many. And in two years, I think 13 people that were on federal death, and no one had been executed on federal death row for decades. Yeah. Yeah. And he just cleared him out. And one of the people that he he killed was a woman that had mental retardation. Yeah. She did commit a very brutal crime. Um, but her life was also one of extreme brutality. Yeah, I remember um, that one. Um, I put that up mm-hmm. and titled it from a 
Dead Kennedy song. I always title my my pieces off music titles. And the Dead Kennedy song is called Kill the Poor. She was a poor woman. Like this man that just got put to death in Alabama was a poor man. He did this for a thousand dollars. Those people did it just didn't kill enough people. Like Biden's killed 80 so far in Yemen. Like, so it's, it's, yeah. once you kill a, a, enough people, then it's like, I don't know, like they make you're a hero or something like that. It's but it's it's how I think it's how we frame what violence is and yeah. vengeance, what's terrorism and what's patriotism. Mm-hmm. And those two things we don't really talk about in this country. Fairly. Is January 6th a rebellious act of patriotism or is it terrorism? Is Oklahoma City. Righteous indignation. On a state that killed 50 people, including children? Or is it terrorism? Those are hard conversations for us to have because everything has to be framed as, I don't, I'm not saying you guys agree, but everything has to be framed as good guys and bad guys. And if you're a terrorist, you're a bad guy. After the wall fell, we decided who the terrorists were in this country. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. There's there's more than enough periodicals that came out in the 90s to back me up on this. Terrorists in this country were not big business polluters. Terrorists mm-hmm. in this country were white people that were neo-Nazis. Remember when Portland was on the cover of was it Newsweek or Time? The most racist city in America, 1995 or 93. Now it's like the hipster capital of the world. It's still the whitest place. <laughs> right? Like that's that 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 is you know the, we 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 have in our mind what a domestic terrorist looks like. And granted, there's been there's been black people definitely got caught up in that even recently. Some got caught up in that. Um, but when we think about good and bad people, you know, to, kind of to your point, Steve, this is just a broke dude doing broke dude shit. Yeah. Right. And his life, he, he has to die because that's what that's just the way we do things. Yeah, I mean, that a lot a lot of my kids at UMass are in this group called Prison Abolition Collective. And like and they're they're focused on like we we need to like rethink how we handle trauma and and, and conflict. Mm-hmm. And and not 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 with this carceral vindictive mm-hmm. um retributive punitive justice system and across the board. And like you know when you mentioned Timothy McVeigh like I remember hearing like some letters that Timothy McVeigh talked about how he was in the Iraq war and he just buried all these people and it traumatized him and he didn't know what to do. And the started just like, just go get a beer and don't worry about it. Collateral damage. Like the United States freaking created Timothy McVeigh. It was fucking, mm-hmm. it was chickens coming home to freaking roost because mm-hmm. when you like send people over and like, yeah, just bury the shit, like bury them. Like those cars that are trying to leave, like remember the, the highway of death, like just blow the shit out of people trying to escape. When, when you condition people to, to be like that, like just collateral damage, you know, the, the end justified, then like, well, what the frick do you think is going to happen? 
Like they, they embrace that. We, t we teach the kids that like if we teach each and every life is freaking valuable and, and like precious, um, that then like, in we'll have it, you know, we won't have that shit. I mean, we'll have like some sociopaths and shit like that, but like the, the massive like shootings and shit like that. If we have freaking communities too, like, God damn it. We don't have like the freaking United States is so freaking independent like everyone they're independent like isolated individual on their own i mean my what i grew up in was freaking collective like we're all there together i got your back like you could count on that like and if i'm not there you count on someone else getting your back and then if we get like these like sociopaths doing the school shootings and shit like that people people know like something's going wrong or people there to like support shit but like this, this whole model that we have like so i don't know like it's it, I guess it, it in a way it touches on what you're saying, like what's happened with the, the elections coming up. Like I don't have much hope for like our electoral system because it's like our, our our whole way of going about like the paradigm is this each person is individual and a commodified. Mm -hmm. And until we like embrace this notion of collectivity and mm -hmm. and and love, then I don't see us going, you know, I don't see much hope. I, the, the kids give me hope. Like I was like I went to Cuba and at Cuba I saw Sarah Shakur. I spent a little mm. bit of time with Sarah Shakur. Mm. And she talked to me about like the difference in black culture in Cuba and the difference in black culture in the United States. It was mm. really cool. And I came back, I told the kids, like, you all remind me of like a Sarah Shakur. You remind me of Rafael Cancel Miranda. I don't know if you all know about Rafael Cancel Miranda, mm. one of the people who did like the the shooting on the Capitol, like you all know oh, that. Okay. You, you know the United States was bombing Puerto Rico when we're trying yeah, to become yeah. independent, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they brought that fight up to the Congress, and Rafael mm -hmm. Cancelarano was in this, in jail, and like and and like I I remember meeting him, and I told the kids like you all remind me of that. You're that. Like keep on this thread because you're gonna be those people in the future. Like I have hope for the kids, but the, it doesn't happen on its own. It happens because we nurture them, and like. And we have to like be that community for them that that helps them to be those that that collective leadership that's gonna bring us to a better place. Anyway, is that's it, sorry for ranting. No, no, that's a, that's a beautiful it's a beautiful rant. And yeah, that is the only time Congress ever got shot up was uh, Puerto Rican uh, liberation protesters, and they also tried to assassinate the president. It was almost very yeah, successful yeah. in shooting Harry Truman. Um, there is one thing though that scares the shit out of me and that's the thing that we're on right now the internet there is a there was a co-optive power that is so much quicker than anything we've ever seen you were a hated man if you were a black panther mm -hmm. you were a hated person you were in the move movement in the in the early mm -hmm. 80s in philadelphia and granted these yeah. things were very regional now everything is is very non-regional and extremely national and you have the ability <laughs> to become a very large celebrity even in left circles and does that ability to have instant celebrity corrupt the movement and that's what's scared this is just me again talking with you guys that's what scares the shit out of me. What do you? How do you feel about that, Kim? You have kids that are on social media. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I, I would agree. Um, only because so the the problem that 
you know, at least I find with social media and like the rise of, let's say like a TikTok, right? Um, so my kids will say to me like, oh, you can actually learn stuff on TikTok. I'm like, can you? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, sure, but only if you take it, you have to take it further, right? So I don't necessarily have an issue with you know, the rise of leftist celebrities online, like, mm -hmm. but the people who are receiving that information, you have to be thoughtful enough mm -hmm. to actually want to go and research that and find out what it means, right? So the problem is like, you can cherry pick whatever you want offline, right? So this conversation mm -hmm. that we're having right now, mm -hmm. fairly innocuous, at least to me, Somebody chop and screw this thing and like I'm, you know, fucking terrorist in the end, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a problem, but you have to kind of, uh, you've got to figure out how to take those snippets from these online political celebrities, dig a little deeper, because it's more than like, I don't know, 200 characters or 30 seconds on TikTok, right? So it's kind of like an abbreviated version of, we talk about like what happened with us because I'm an old woman, uh, like when Public Enemy came out, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You had a lot of kids who like, liked the music, actually listened to the words and was like, oh, okay, I don't know who Asada Shakur is, mm -hmm. right? Let me go to the library, dig a little deeper, find out what that's about. You know what I mean? Like, just as an example, um, I, I probably have some family members who get a good chuckle out of that. I won't say their names, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's true. Right. But I don't know how much, you know, I don't think kids these days are. are it's easier just to be online and, and be a, an online celebrity or activist and kind of going back to like mm -hmm. meeting with people in person, right? And trying to draw together people. The, the good thing about the internet, right? And I guess there are some good things about it. Like you draw people together from diverse backgrounds, but getting those people together collectively to try to talk about things. So like if you were so inclined um, to go on like my town's community chat, it is a nightmare in there, right? <laughs> like people are arguing, they're fighting. Uh, if you ask those same people, hey, let's go down to the community center. Let's sit down and have a face-to-face -face conversation. I'll probably get three people. Mm -hmm. And they're all of the same mindset. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, you know, so I don't, you know, I don't know. It, Use your powers for good, Internet. Right? <laughs> but that, but that's the thing. Everything is a market opportunity. And that's where I think a lot of people think. I think neoliberalism is really in the minds of most people as forever and a given. And the market will provide, right? The market will fix it. We'll move decimals over on, on spreadsheets and we'll fix things. Everything is market relations. I was listening to uh, sports. Steve, are you a sports fan at all? No, I'm, 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 I suck at sports. I'm it's okay. It's okay. You, you really break Sometimes yeah. When you, when you well, got a pop lock on a motherfucker, you ain't got time to watch the game. I understand. I understand. I, I did like Capoeira, though. I, but that's God damn. You just, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. 
I like how you just threw that in. I like to dance and kick people in the nuts. Um, but I was listening to the sports talk radio on my drive to the Bay Area to visit to visit a, I was doing a funeral, and I heard a, a former player actually say this: that the solution to fixing this team that was struggling was they needed to get a football czar. And I was like, "What the fuck is that?" He's like, "It's not really a coach, but it's someone that has." Decision-making ability. I was like, dude, did you play in the NFL or did you play for McKenzie or Deloitte and Touche? Because who who says the way to fix this team is by getting a consultant? Mm-hmm. That speak <laughs> has infiltrated the most mundane of conversations. We need a consultant to fix this. The market will fix this. And that's why I asked the question, is the co-optation that easier? Because we always see avenues on how we're going to monetize a thing. And it, and it could be a good thing, right? Anand Gerda Das talks about this in Winners Take All. So many people at one point in time, Steve, you said you came up with the Young Lords. I don't know at what time, but community activism was the only way you were going to change the world, Right. Kim, the only way we were going to change the world was going to be politically. You had to get politically active, be an alderman, you know, work for a state senator or something. Go be a lawyer. How many how many Negroes do you know that went on to become lawyers? I host a show with one because that's how you were going to change the world. Mm -hmm. Did he work in criminal law? No. And it's not a knock on him. But. We always have these grandiose ways in how we're going to change the world. How do young people want to change the world now? I'm, and I'm asking the question. I don't know every young person, but it seems to be through. Well, if I do this thing and then I make this money, then I can do this other thing. We're going to give one and get one. That's big text showed you. That's hey, we're hippie communist or capitalists. We're going to be real nice with our capitalism. And look, you. You don't really have hours you work because where you work is so much fun. Yay. There's a ping pong table in here. It's not like work. Yeah, no, it's cool. Like you could, and 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 that, then you could get the, the cafeterias there. Yeah. They, they, they feed you. You could they, they maybe have some cots there. They they, uh, they, they call it um what, what what's the name um. Oh, I'm trying to think of the name from um, Sorry to Bother You. What was that called? Oh, Boots Riley. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was, worry well, free. Worry free. Yeah, it's just working worry free. Yeah, there you go. Steve, Steve and Kim, I don't know if you guys ever worked in tech, but as someone that did some work in tech, if you've never had an impoverished Latin person make you a kale smoothie, then you just ain't lived. <laughs> On demand, <laughs> on demand, yeah. And you can say no, 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 no. Less kale, more of juice, more of carrots. Yeah. It's not work. It's a party. Yeah. No, but 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 yeah, I'm 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 I do engineering, like in my like so like people are into that that shit, you know. And that what I try to do with engineering is like. Well, I do community-based. I call it solidarity engineering. We work with like low-income groups and stuff like that because I want to show kids that that's like 
<laughs> that's a way you could do it, right? Doesn't it, you don't have to work for Lockheed Martin or L3 Harris or Raytheon or whatever the the shits they are. Um, but like, and for like to get back, like with my rambling thoughts mm -hmm. to what you mentioned about like um, the hearts and minds, it's like I think if we were able to get enough of people's hearts together who are like for the Raytheons and shit like that and say, they can fuck no, I'm not going to mm -hmm. make that shit. Then maybe we make, we make a difference. Like, because I've seen that before, like with the Lucas plan where enough people are like, okay, enough of this shit. Like we could actually use our engineering skills instead of making military crap that blows the crap out of people. Like mm -hmm. who could make the next new thing that blows the shit out of like innocent women and children from that to be like, Hey, how can we make up sustainable um, transportation or like a way for people to heat their homes or, you know, stuff that addresses climate change. Like, I, I think we can get there. I, I have hope. Um, it's, it's fucking hard, but um, the, 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 it's the internet is a tool. And I think mm -hmm. like, like any tool, like it could, like it's, we have to learn how to use the tools well. And like, I'm inspired by the kids that I see at UMass and it's a minority, but like the prison abolition collective, the um, students with justice in Palestine, UMass centers, because they're not, um, they're using the tools well, they have like their, their social media, but it's like, it's discord with channels for like their little groups. They don't have like one leader. They have like circles where it's like working groups and stuff like that. And they, and they specifically focus on like not having any individuals, be like the top leader of the group but like having it be more of a collective a horizontal so, structure yeah and, it, and it's, it's inspiring and and they come to me like oh yeah we, we know we gotta do better it's like well that shows me that you're on the right path because if you're reflecting on like we we know we're flawed people doing flawed work and and we need to do better i have hope like what what i don't have hope for is people like i got this shit like i, I got it like and I, I know what i'm doing like you have to be humble enough and self-reflective enough to understand that like you're open to learning and and and, and acknowledging what mistakes you make. And I, I'm seeing that in the kids. So I'm I'm freaking inspired. Like I'm depressed as hell at the freaking repression, um, which is horrible. But I'm I'm surprised. I, I, I'm impressed with the kids. Um and the the other thing I, I want to say is my my rambles. Like, Kim, you mentioned you mentioned Harvard, like my, my wife knew Claudine Gay, like the first black president of Harvard, the uh, Haitian um, American uh, president, the shortest term. I mean, fucking racist at bull fucking shit. Like, I mean, come on, that they got rid of this woman and that for, for what? For like not answering a question in freaking Congress? I mean, goddamn. I mean, like we should be on Harvard's case for that bull, for that bullshit. I mean, because that, that's like people should be saying, like, this place cannot go on, like, because you you, you freaking get her back. I, I don't know. It, 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 sorry. It, it struck a chord with me <laughs> mm -hmm. because that, that was just, oh, yeah. So we got rid of uh, Claudine Gay because and, 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 like, and no one like, I don't know, like, where was the freaking outrage? God damn it. Over Claudine Gay. I think there was a little bit. Kim, you were there. <laughs> Very. It was a little mm -hmm. right from the quarters that you would expect. But. Again, like otherwise, it, it was like business as usual. They got rid of her with the quickness. Like, think about how fast that took. It took like, what, four months <laughs> or something. And, yeah, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of pushback. The racism is just pervasive to me. It's wild. At Harvard? Yeah. The devil, oh, you say. Good old Harvard. <laughs> 
and good and you know good old massachusetts man Ooh. like i you know i uh you know i grew up in san diego and st louis st louis is is wild and open in terms of their racism this over here is something a little different right uh you know we had just like as a, a local just to like bring it in locally an example um of racism we did a equity audit like a racial equity audit for mm -hmm. the school district and you know of course consultants came in mm -hmm. and uh it was a group of women from mit that were running this equity audit that just so happened to be two women of color who were actually leading the community conversations were any of them jewish <laughs> nope. helping you again <laughs> helping you again and um yeah there were questions around their qualifications and questions around the data that came out of the equity audit i was like these are two women from mit that got the information directly from the students but because they're two women of color and you don't like the results that came back because it made us look bad mm -hmm. all of a sudden that data is invalid how how colored were they the were they like here. Were they like um, Latin? Were they Indian? One, were they Asian? One Latin mm -hmm. and uh, one Afro-Latina. Curly hair or <laughs> curly? Straight. One like curly. Perm? perm? No perm. Okay. And that's <laughs> curly. We have to see how colored that's they are. Curly. Like when you looked at them, uh -huh. you knew they weren't Anglo-Saxon. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. So it's like, yeah, you it know? came in salsa dancing in the whole nine, the whole nine. Oh, my goodness. And they Despite were like coming from and like, like, who, who's going to argue with and, and and I might add none of the people who were arguing about the data were um, statisticians, mm -hmm. educators or parents of people of color. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> How do you know these colored gals got the numbers right? Right. So, you know, you know what I mean? So like when, when all that, all that rolled down yeah. with uh, Claudine Gay, it was like, yep, I know, you know what I mean? Like academic plagiarism is a thing, right? But I, and I'm not an academician or whatever, but mm -hmm. like that just happened very fast. I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's, uh, and, I mean, and you know, her failure to, I guess, discipline kids who were speaking out against what's going on in Gaza. That's really what it was about. I know. Yeah, that, that, that's what it was. Yeah, I didn't really come out. <laughs> when you, when you, right? yeah. look, look, Steve's from the East Coast. You got <laughs> black and brown people speaking out about the global South. You can feel butts pucker. It's, oh, yeah, it's they really want to, you know, Nixon and, and uh, Hoover. Yes, I want you to shut up. I've basically been called um, an interloper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, the other like, things you could have been called that are way worse. I mean, I'm sure that happens too, just not on social media. <laughs> but it's this whole—it's—it's it's just like this whole dynamic about you know all these new people coming into town and they're changing things. Like, uh, it's good to shake things up and have a little perspective and maybe think about people who don't look like you. Mm -hmm. What's their life like and how does it affect you? You know, but like. I just think this othering of people and, and just kind of bring it back around to like the topic of our conversation mm -hmm. and looking at people as individuals, they're never going to allow us to look at people as individuals and care about them on a human basis because what mm -hmm. they do 
is just group people and the way that this group think works, instead of looking at Gazans as like, these are human beings, you shouldn't have to drag out a baby mm -hmm. to make your point, right? So it's kind of yep. like the Roe v. Wade thing where you always go worst case scenario, like a 13 year old is raped by her father. So now she's got to have mm -hmm. this baby. You shouldn't have to do that, right? It should yep. just be like, yep. people have rights. But in terms of what's yep. happening with Gazans, they're they're just like, oh, they're Hamas. They are people. They're humans. They are not a collective. An idea is not a fucking person. These are people. We can compartmentalize yeah. Who's, yeah. who's worthy and who's not, right? We do and, that and, homeless people. Yeah. And, and the to first me, thing you do like, is, is you, you make them inhumane. You're yeah. doing the same thing that was done to you. If you take away someone's humanity and you label them a group, you're just like, this is Hamas. These are humans. Mm -hmm. This is you cannot you cannot bomb out terrorism. You're creating what you would call more terrorists, right? Mm -hmm. This shit just continues. And Americans are so short-sighted. We've never learned. Like we just got out of this. Like you didn't learn anything when after you went and killed all bombed the hell out of all these people post 9-11. We didn't learn anything from that. So it's like, we're just going to go ahead and continue this. There, like, there, there, there was stuff. something learned. I think the thing that got learned at large, right? Not the people that watch shows like this, but on the whole, that there's weird religious fundamentalism and the Middle East is an area that we don't understand. And it's archaic. I think that's what people think. Okay. And they think that terrorists are an actual sect <laughs> of people. All right, so like uh, Jason and Kim, like if if you if I'm a camera on, I'd be showing you like you'd be able to see like what I'm doing. Like I'm I'm holding up money, right? See, mm -hmm. this is what we learned. Like when when I say we, I mean like the people rule, rule the country, like the corporations. <laughs> like the, the the big war profiteers learned that they make a fuckload of money out of wars, right? Mm -hmm. And they're they're that like their problem now is like, damn it, we're getting so. It's so hard to like handle all this money that we got flowing in, but they love it. They're making money off of Ukraine. They're making money off of Gaza. They're making money like like it's just awesome. And the, and the greatest thing is like the same people that bomb the shit out of the countries have the companies that like help to rebuild, like get paid to rebuild. Like this is awesome. Why the fuck aren't they gonna do that? Like so like what I think we need to do is we need to get to the point where we say like. We, there's no right to kill any. If they're Hamas, there's no fucking right to kill any. Like, yeah, I don't want to kill women and children. I want to kill fucking soldiers. Like, we, we need to get to the point as a man, like, that's not how we solve problems. We don't freaking kill people. God damn it. Like, mm -hmm. like, when we, like, why is it like, oh, Steve, you're a crazy man. Like, you're talking that we don't have to, like, come up with, like, spend, like, huge amounts of money and time and, like, human capital to find new ways to, to slaughter people. Like, we, we could actually talk to people. You're crazy. Like, fuck. Why is that crazy? Why am I the crazy person for saying that, like, we could solve problems without killing? God damn it. Like, when are we going to, like, I, I don't know. I think I think a lot of us in the world get that. But, like, the few people who are in power don't. But, like, it is a lot of us in the world. And if we get together and say, like, we're just not going to, like, put up with that shit. Like, we could make a difference. It's just, like, I, I don't know how we get there. But we have enough of us. To make a difference. I, I think the tide is shifting again back to social media and images that you can see. And children are always a rallying cry for a lot of Americans 
people in the West in general to to want to act, right? The whole you guys remember the 80s? One of my big ballywicks is studying the satanic panic of the 80s and early 90s. That's all about protecting children from magical child molesters in schools. Even though all the data on child molesting said, that's probably somebody in the home or at least a close family member. Mm -hmm. But you got a whole movement that literally changed laws that literally starts the groundwork to give prosecutors more power because judges were, as they said, too lenient. You know, this helps us with the war on drugs that starts with this panic of teachers molesting students. Granted, it happened in a very small handful of cases, but most of it was just bullshit. But children is what we were protecting. I mean, but that caring about children is bullshit, too. <laughs> right? We only care about certain kinds of kids, right? We only care about certain kinds of kids. If you cared about kids, right, you would pay your teachers more, right, to educate mm -hmm. your children. Yep. You would make sure children had food to eat. Mm -hmm. You would make mm -hmm. it affordable to send children to early childhood education. Mm -hmm. You would not try to ban books. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't make it so expensive to send your kids to college if you cared about kids. Mm -hmm. You don't care about kids. That's just something to say, like Maude from The Simpsons. What about the children? Like, mm -hmm. you don't care about the children. No. You don't. It's just mm -hmm. convenient to but say that you care about That's it. the first thing people say. All oh, the killings plus. It's like, look, for me, it's killing. <laughs> for once, it's not our show that has a duck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's my Steve? duck. <laughs> you, have, you have a duck, Steve? Yeah, I got a duck. Are you fucking with me? I, 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 I quieted the duck. I tied his bill. <laughs> There's a reason why Steve's camera doesn't work. <laughs> and it's because... I told you I work with other farms. The, the real reason why he got in trouble. Oh, he was you're right. The duck. He's Joe Exotic over there. <laughs> Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin got me banned from UMass Amherst. That's an oddly good Joe Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> of all the references I didn't think I was going to do this year, Tiger King was at least four of them. But sometimes you have been an unnatural allegiance to losers does not like you. <laughs> Thank you, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> he is popping up everywhere. Uh, Cat Williams opinion. is taking over the internet with controversy. First of all, Cat Williams, hilarious. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree. But he's very thoughtful. Um, you have to get past what you think he is and actually listen to what he's saying. I think he lied about Harvey Weinstein trying to blow him. Oh, he lied about that. <laughs> I don't but see that happening at all. Yeah. And, and maybe the number of books that he's read in a year. <laughs> but uh, other than that, yo, 
Uh, I mean, look. I mean, I'm not a a. <laughs> yeah. Cat Williams Brother is, is wild. He's rather entertaining. That is still right now one of the funniest interviews I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But when he started saying that Harvey Weinstein tried to blow him in front of a bunch of people, I was like, no, no about that cat. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Not that I'm a big Harvey Weinstein fan or anything, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that happened. He's like, oh, can you get me the short black guy, please? Oh, <laughs> wear the little purple suit from Friday after next. Oh, yeah. yeah, he he was wild though, but you know, if you haven't, people. Go check out Cat Williams stand-up. I love especially his- about fast his his take on fast food commercial. I don't know if you've seen that, but that is he goes in on the Popeyes chicken lady. <laughs> Full disclosure: my whole family hates the Popeyes chicken lady, and his stand-up about her is just Chef's mm-hmm. kiss. Is love so that chicken from Popeyes. Yeah. Oh man. Did you know if you gave Jemima a new haircut? Yeah. <laughs> if you gave Aunt Jemima a new haircut and uh Ford Focus is a is no longer Aunt Jemima. God. <laughs> if she has those two things. I think they got rid of that black woman at Popeyes as the spokesperson. He, he did, uh, Dr. Claw, he did call her a slave, and it was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> called her <laughs> the slave bitch is what he <laughs> is actually what he said. <laughs> Love that chicken from Popeyes. That's we should maybe should have another drop for that whenever we want to call mm-hmm. someone a coon. <laughs> so Steve did the smartest thing ever. By not showing his face. <laughs> his job of Steve, we see you're on a podcast. I've never seen a podcast in my life. Sir. How do you know it was me? <laughs> Kim, you fucked up. You, you did your hair and shit. Nah, you fucked up. I mean, you know, the worst that could happen. I do this shit for free, right? I probably dedicate 40 hours. I have a full-time job. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, I have a real job. I have a family and everything. I mean, you're going to kick me off. I won't be appointed. Maybe I won't be reelected to town meeting. I don't know. Whatever. I'll still keep doing what I do, and I enjoy it. She it says is what now. it is. She says that now. I have a friend. I'm not going to name her name. And uh, she came on the show a bunch of times, academic. And uh, I'm not even going to talk what she speaks about because I don't want you guys to find her. (laughs) (laughs) But I was talking to her recently and I was like, oh, you should come back on the show and talk. She goes, no. (laughs) (laughs) She straight up said, hmm. She goes, I might be looking for a new job. And oof. Oh, wow. I can't. So part of me felt good, like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm that controversial. Mm-hmm. Another part of me felt really horrible that somebody can't come on this show that is filled with dick jokes. It's, I mean, what else are we supposed to laugh at? 
I don't know, but I I just went and rearmed. Just for people watching the show, by the way, I did take your guys' advice, and I did add new drops to the soundboard. So all the things that we had agreed upon was going to be on the soundboard is on the soundboard. But there were limitations to the ones I can and can't use. So... Giano says I can't be seen associating with Pog Chaser MLK in public. <laughs> Steve, that's where we do an impersonation of MLK lusting after large white women. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not our best moment, <laughs> but it's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> In closing. In closing, I did have a whole closing question. Hold on. Oh, do either of you feel the recent ICJ verdict will have any effect on the current censorship we're seeing? Is this the end of Israel as the ultimate victim narrative that has been beneficial for their brutal occupation for decades? Who wants to go first? I pick him. Because you looked up, I can't see. <laughs> I'm, I'm just assuming. I'm assuming Steve yeah. is like tending to animals. As he's got his hand, his ass, getting in. Yeah. So he's doing some farmy shit. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, no, I don't. I I think that it will take some time, um, for the world's perception on the way that Israel's handling things to change may give a few people who were already thinking, like giving it pause for thought, but I, you know, I mean, America's going to continue to America with, uh, <laughs> so at least in terms of looking at it from the American perspective. No, I don't, I don't think this will change things drastically. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, nobody wants to hear uh, things that are uncomfortable. And uh, I think that's what this is for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I I don't I'm not sure it by itself is gonna have that much impact. Um, and I, locally, like I was looking into seeing if that ruling could be helpful for this the people who are arrested who are trying to use the necessity defense, like um, that they were trying to address the genocide and like address our university's collaboration with companies that make and send bombs. Um, that are you being used to as part of the genocide? Um, in, a, in a broader scale, like I, I think, is like these wars are there's so much like there, there's systems that are not in equilibrium and so much potential for what could what could happen. Like so, I mean, if, if this ruling then impacts other events and leads to like. Uh, efforts for reigning in Israel, maybe, maybe, maybe that could happen. Maybe Saudi Arabia will say, Hey, okay, like cut this shit. Let's, we're going to recognize you all and uh, just like kill, kill fewer people. Or maybe like something like Israel will bomb Iran and Iran will be like, okay, fuck that shit. Then now, now it's all out. Um, I don't know. Like it's, uh, I, I don't think the ruling itself will, but like other like impacts downstream, I think. That are unpredictable. I will. So 
Well, look, thank you guys for taking the time to talk with me today and risk further persecution. I appreciate that. Um, I really do because you did it for free and you did it because this is something you guys believe in. So I applaud you. Thank you, the viewers, for checking out the show today. Please hit the like button on your way out. If you're a new viewer, hit subscribe and notifications button. If you're listening on Apple, hit subscribe and get access to the Champagne Room. Where you can hear way more curse words, way more dick jokes, and I use this a lot more. We're coming for you, nigga! Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, for as little as $3 a month or $30 for the year, you, too, can become a patron. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. We'll be back Tuesday. I think we're doing a call-in show Tuesday. So if you guys have something you want to get off your chest, see, I said it right this time before I said, if you have something you want to get on my chest, which is not right, (laughs) but I said it right this time. So don't tease me in the comments or tease me in the comments. I don't give a shit. Um, We'll be back. Me and MT, maybe Pascal. I'm not sure, but definitely MT. Um, And let's go out with some chill music. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. And we are...